Hey what's up everybody, thank you for checking this video. If you want to see more, please leave a like and subscribe. But even if you don't, enjoy and happy coding! Welcome everybody to another episode of the Nerd Continuity where we talk about design development and all other nerdy stuff that we find online. I'm your host Alex and with me as usual my co-host the beautiful and mysterious Chris Perko. Hello Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, how are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. How you doing? Doing great, doing great. Nice. It's been, uh, hot here in Atlanta but uh oh it's, yeah uh, not raining finally so that's nice <laughs> yeah that's good yeah also today in vancouver as well is the first day of not rain after a week of terrible terrible weather <laughs> so i'm sweating a lot in my room recording this thing but it's okay what have you been up to in the past couple of weeks yeah a few things um i finished my first fitbit clock face uh, i worked with my wife on it because um we got fitbits a few weeks ago and she found one face that she really liked but there were some things she wanted to change about it so kind of a fun project to work with her and build it so that's in review right now as soon as fitbits review it uh, they'll put it out on the, the store they have there nice awesome um, and and Fitbit development is, uh, they have a great system. They have great documentation. Right. They have an online editor. It's uh, its just really easy to use. So it's, it's a really good thing to, to jump into if you're pretty new with development. Oh, wow. Uh, what's the scripting language that they accept? Scripting language is just JavaScript. It's oh. just plain ECMAScript, vanilla JS. Mm -hmm. um, they use SVG for like the, the display of it. And then you can modify it with CSS or modify it in the JavaScript if you like. Oh, wow. It's amazing. Uh, wasn't yeah. Fitbit that company that was kind of like declaring bankruptcy 20 times in the past three years or something? <laughs> it was then acquired by someone? Maybe. I'm not, not sure, actually. Oh, wow. Wow, that's great. Awesome. Yeah, good, good, yeah. good side project, I bet. Yeah, and another news, um, we're ramping up on, on some new development at my full-time position. Mm -hmm. Open up the positions yet, but it looks like we're going to be hiring at least one mid-level developer and either another mid-level or I'm, I'm trying to push for maybe getting a, a junior-level position opened up. So our we work fully remote, um, only in the U.S., though. So if anybody is, is looking for a remote full-stack, uh, hit me up on Twitter and, and I'll let you know when the positions are fully open and you can submit through our web portal. Oh, that's amazing. Just the US? It's just limited for like people remote in the US? <laughs> yes, ah. sadly. It's, you know, your typical large corporation and, you know, they only work within the US and uh, even when I moved from Texas to Georgia, it was it was actually a big hassle to go through. <laughs> You're not so, in the uh, U.S. anymore for them. So, yeah, U.S. only, sadly. Uh, I wish we'd open it up because it, it does exclude a lot of great talent from, yeah. from other countries. Indeed. Especially Canadian, that you can pay less because <laughs> they're cheaper, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Okay. So, uh, this episode is brought to you by SkySilk, the managed cloud services, but we're going to talk about SkySilk a little bit later down the episode. Today, it's a little bit of a different type of topic. Usually, we tackle a bunch of news and we just talk about random news. Instead, today, we're trying to start sort of like a new series where we tackle one big topic that probably is going to get. It's going to be split in different episodes. And the big topic is a really big one. It's like a juicy as hell. We're going to talk about Laravel, the PHP framework for web artisans, like Taylor Otwell like to, <laughs> to, to call it. Um, but before jumping on the main topic, let's talk about a bunch of quick news from last week, which is really interesting and really, really funny. Do you want to kick it off with the first one? Yeah. 
Uh, the, the first uh, first update we have is that Vue has surpassed React in number of stars on GitHub. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really great tweet from uh, the creator of Vue, uh, Evan Yu, and he said, uh, I hope React fans don't take it too seriously. GitHub stars is just one of many metrics, and yes, React is still ahead in terms of usage. There are so many devs loving their framework of choice, be it Vue or React. Build great stuff, make the world a better place. And I think that is a great quote because a lot of times you see people, you know, just hating on each other like react is better because of this no view is better because of this and it's and it gets into kind of like an online war and um and really they're doing the same thing right they're their web frameworks so um i'm a big fan of view uh so it's it's really cool to see that mm-hmm. yes 100 percent, i agree that that tweet is really really nice it's it's kind of easy in our world to get caught up in metrics and usage and stuff. But if two things do the same stuff, but in a different way, and you enjoy using one instead of another, it's fine. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing. So yeah. <laughs> the next bit of news is about PHP 7.3 that it's coming, which I'm really, really surprised with because the development of PHP has been like stagnant for the past probably 10 years and in the past two years php jumped version by version with new implementation new cool stuff like super quickly i'm not sure what's going on here open source is getting cool once again but yeah. the new version of... faster now too yes exactly but the new version of php 7.3 uh implements a couple of small things it, it removes some deprecated stuff it doesn't in- introduce new mind-blowing things uh we're still waiting for arrow functions which should happen around mm-hmm. 7.5 would be my god i can't wait to use arrow functions in php but in uh, 7.3 we're gonna be able to use uh trailing commas in functions and meta calls. So when you have an array or a functions that are a list of parameters of attributes that you pass inside you pass inside the method, you can finally have the trailing comma at the end without mm-hmm. getting like an error triggered. And I, I saw a bunch of users asking like, why is this useful? Like, what the hell is this? I don't care, it's fine, it's a comma. <laughs> but it's actually really good when you have a really clean code structure. For example, your array, every attribute of that array it's on a separate line the last one doesn't have a comma then you add another attribute or another key you put a comma so in your github history you have two lines of differences so you add a comma there and then you have another key so you have a report of two edits that instead it was practically was just one edit so it's like it keeps your code and your Git history and your version control history cleaner and it's easier and it's less computation in terms of like checking what's new and what's what's old. And even it, sometimes I do it, I forget the comma and I don't mm-hmm. have the error anymore. I don't have to scroll like what, what the hell did I left the comma? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I get so used to doing that with arrays and then you accidentally do it in a function call and all of a sudden you're throwing errors and... Um, you know, so I think, yeah, it just kind of ties everything together, makes it all the same. Yeah, and it keeps it more consistent, so it's good. The other thing is about JSON encode and decode. Finally, we can wrap those things around a try-catch method, which is really helpful because I don't know you, but I'm really bad at JSON encoding, and I always <laughs> mess it up. 
and I never understand where's the error. <laughs> you don't have a debug, you don't have a, something that tells you, hey, this is something wrong. So now we can wrap it around a try catch and we can, we can have exceptions and errors and deal with that. And the last one introduces the his countable because in PHP, if you use the count method, which I got super spoiled by the Laravel collective count method yeah. because it works perfectly, even if you pass an empty array or an array that is not defined count of Laravel returns false. So it doesn't trigger an error. Instead on PHP, if you use the regular count of PHP, if you don't have at least one item cannot count. So it throws an error. It doesn't even just like tells you like it's false or returns null. It just throws an error immediately. Instead, now you have, we can use this method to check if is countable. So if there's something that we can count in that specific array or variable, and they should solve a bunch of problems. I, I feel like they should have extended the count method as the collection of Laravel, uh, because yeah. now we have to use if is countable, then count. <laughs> Why? Yeah, yeah, I'd much rather just the count function handle it all. Um, you know, it's just like an extra line of code that you know really could be more concise, but... Uh, yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, it's PHP. <laughs> yeah, it's PHP. It's it's fun and and aggressive. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, we had some big news about a week or two ago about Microsoft acquiring GitHub, yeah. and uh, a lot of developers are you know freaked out, want to move their code off of it. Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna see see how it goes. You know, see how if if Microsoft you know starts boogering everything up or not. Um, but an interesting thing that I did not think about was that GitHub is the creator of Atom, which is a text editor, uh, very similar to VS Code. Yeah. Um, and I believe it's open source as well, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, so now Microsoft has VS Code and Atom, two open source <laughs> editors, uh, very similar. Um, they have some differences and everything, but... Mm. Uh, but it sounds like they're going to continue to work on both projects. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why you would continue to spend developer resources on building two of the same things. But um, you know, I I understand they they don't want to upset everybody. That you know, I used to be an Atom user pretty heavily, and then mm -hmm. I switched to VS Code. So you know, I'm sure there's still a lot of people on Atom that you know you don't want to just make them mad by saying. Yeah, we're no longer gonna contribute to your project anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a, a weird issue. It's, I feel super weird as well. Like probably GitHub should, like the CEO of GitHub should talk with Google and feel how is to manage twenty different chat apps that do the same things and keep releasing <laughs> new chat apps. <laughs> but that's the way. Like it's it doesn't make sense because like the, I used to use Atom as well, but then I switched to VS Code mm -hmm. because I switched back to Sublime Text and then VS Code because it was mainly a performance issue. Like Atom, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's easy to use as an amazing user interface, but it's slow as hell. It's really heavy and they improved upon it and new releases has been better and better, but it's still slower and heavier, especially on big files compared to VS Code. Mm -hmm. So they're gonna keep developing this, but from the article and the, the interview that the CEO released, it looks like that they're gonna implement the VS Code features in Atom and vice versa. And basically Atom and VS Code, they're gonna be like a clone of themselves. <laughs> they're gonna be identical. Uh, <laughs> what, what's the point? Like, I mean, yeah. A, as you said, I, I understand know. that they don't want to upset. They're trying as 
like as much as possible to not upset anyone because they don't want to fuck it up. <laughs> they don't want to upset yeah. <laughs> the community, but you will have to because this is not sustainable. I just like right. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, so we'll see how uh, mm-hmm. how Microsoft does with GitHub and and what happens there, but. Uh, I don't know. It seems like Microsoft is just trying to take over the open source world. Yeah, they're doing it. They buy in as much as they can, and they're acquiring everything. And the, I'm I'm sure. Like my prediction is that, like the first thing, the new thing that Microsoft will do in GitHub is creating like a continuing integration and continuing development for Microsoft mm-hmm. Azure, the their server. Then mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, and probably in the future down the line it's going to happen for AWS as well a Google Cloud platform but i i don't i don't feel <laughs> i don't see that happening soon <laughs> but definitely a continuing development like so you avoid to use Travis or Bodyworks or whatever just push to git and deploys to azure mm-hmm. like that yeah they have to be careful like there are so many developers Already, like, there was a statistic of 100,000 repositories moving to GitLab altogether in the past week, which is wow. insane. And the GitLab servers are kind of like, oh, my God, what is happening? Is- which, uh, from what I understand, GitLab is hosted on Azure, so you're not really escaping Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a really good point. It doesn't matter where you go. Microsoft is always <laughs> there for you. I think we're done with the news. We can start with our main topic, which, as yeah. I said at the beginning, it's Laravel, the PHP framework for web artisans. But you know what? In order to run Laravel, you need a really great server and a really great server on the cloud. It's an amazing VPS. And if it's a VPS that runs Linux, it's even 10 times better. So if you don't want to pay for the usual AWS or even Microsoft Azure, or you don't want to pay for uh, DigitalOcean, even if it's fantastic, you have the option to test it and have fun with a free VPS on uh, SkySilk. I don't know. It's it's an amazing segue, right? I was like so smooth. Yeah. In doing this. <laughs> Getting really good at this. Um, did you take a look at SkySilk? Have you ever used it? I have looked at it. I have not used it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some demos I'm, I'm putting together for a client soon. So I, I'm probably going to stand up something on SkySilk to you know take a look at it and see how it works. And um, I've been a DigitalOcean user for a long time. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm always looking at competition and and yeah. seeing how they work, see what's better, what's worse, and yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, it's gonna be like it's really easy. It's identical to to DigitalOcean. It's just you can set up a new VPS with a dedicated IP address with everything, and you can have like a, just the OS. You can select Ubuntu or Solus or whatever other Linux distribution mm-hmm. you install it there, or you can install a prepackaged solution. You can install like uh, WordPress or Ansible or something else. And it's just two clicks installation and it's it's really easy. And the fact that they offer a free VPS that it's of course limited resources, but it's amazing for developers that they want to test. Just, I don't want to mm-hmm. spend $5 just to test something that probably I'm not going to use or I don't even know what I'm doing with a VPS, how it works. I just want to see right. what it does. Having a test role or something that I can do it for free, it's really, really useful. So definitely check skysilk.com. And they have a, they just open a Discord app where you can ask for support. And so just join them. They're really nice and they really have great support. So moving forward, nice. that was an amazing, amazing plug. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Laravel. So Laravel is a PHP framework. Chris, 
what the hell is a PHP framework? <laughs> what is a PHP framework? So a uh, framework in general is if, if you've ever tried to build a web application without a framework, uh, there are so many things you have to build. Uh, you know, like the routing engine, how to, you know, point what routes go to what views and, and what data is served with those views. Um, you know, typically you think of a model view controller framework. Mm -hmm. um, and that's exactly what this, this means here. A PHP framework is, is a, you know, a model view controller set up in using PHP as a language. Um, so you have like a model, which is going to be like a representation of, of what's in the database. Uh, you have the views, which is kind of self-explanatory. It's going to be what's displayed on the front end. And then you have controllers, which are there to handle uh, sending a request to the server and, and what comes back. Are, are you authenticated to see this? What data should you see? Things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really, really great. A really like self-contained explanation that... Personally, the first time that I heard about a PHP framework, I was like, why? Why should I use a PHP framework? It's like, it's useless. Mm -hmm. I can write everything with regular PHP, but the framework, I'm tied to the logic of the framework. I have to use the methods and the structure of the framework, and I don't understand mm -hmm. why. But if you just open yourself for the, to the possibility of using a framework, it's really great. It gives you like a really good structure, really good documentation, especially Laravel to follow. And it, it removes, as you said, all those annoying things that you have to set up. <laughs> and especially like the security of a framework that comes with built-in authentication support, built-in like uh, mm -hmm. you can also have timeout blocks for something like brute force and try someone try to log in multiple times, try to hack your server. If you don't use a framework, you have to code all this stuff by yourself. You cannot say, okay, I'm not going to code these things because you're going to be hacked. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like you cannot avoid it. So it's always better to use something solid. Um, yeah, and security is a tough thing, and and I don't really keep up with it very well. Yeah. Um, so you know, I mean, there's, I mean, how many times has there been a WordPress update because there's been another vulnerability found? Exactly. Uh, so you're gonna have to do all that yourself if you don't have, uh, you know, a third party doing that for you. Exactly. So a lot of users, and it's a common question that they ask, is that why should I use Laravel or another PHP framework if I can do everything with WordPress? And what is the difference between Laravel, WordPress, Drupal, or these other CMS? I mean, really, it's just uh, different tools for different jobs. I mean, yes. you can you can use these tools for the same thing. Um, I can cut a steak with a butter knife, but you know, it's not going to be easy. Uh, so <laughs> you're going to develop really... a really sick bicep. Like you're going to be like so yeah. <laughs> so beefed up after <laughs> you do that. But yeah, it's not it's not really exactly. convenient. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can you can build a blog out of out of Laravel and build everything that WordPress does. But I mean, I can stand up WordPress site, grab a free theme, and and be done. Mm -hmm. uh, so. Yeah, it's just completely different jobs or different tools for different jobs. Yes. Um, I think of Laravel as something where I want this custom application with custom workflows and business logic. Laravel is a great go-to for that. Um, I want to build a blog or I want to build a website for somebody who wants to be able to modify the content on their own. WordPress or Drupal or CMS would be would be great for that. Mm -hmm. Yes, 100%. And uh, it all comes down to 
owning the code and owning what you want to build. Because with WordPress and Drupal and other CMS, yes, they're really modular and you have a, tons of plugins that you can use an extension to basically achieve whatever you want. But still, there's that level of non-customizability that you cannot really do everything that you want. You're still tied to that specific database structure. You're still tied to that specific um, generation, like how WordPress triggers itself and triggers those methods and the hooks and functions. You cannot really change the behavior of WordPress. Will Laravel is just a framework that it's out of the way. It's just like a tool that helps you to build the things that you want without forcing you to follow its own structure. It's just like gives you some shortcuts basically <laughs> to build uh, a more complex application that otherwise would be kind of really, really hard to do with WordPress. And because you have full control with Laravel on the database, it doesn't matter if in the future you decide to not use Laravel anymore or switch to another mm -hmm. framework or upgrade uh, to something completely different. You can still retain your data. It's totally manageable. Instead, if you are in WordPress or Drupal, the database of WordPress's Drupal are really, really particular. And it's kind of like a shit show <laughs> to try to pull that data <laughs> off and convert it into a different type of database. It's kind of like really, really hard. So definitely everything is great but everything is different for a specific reason. It's not that WordPress is a different type of Laravel and Laravel it's it's better right. than WordPress or WordPress is better than Laravel. It's a, those should be on completely different planes. So uh, that's a sort of like common confusion for someone that starts. And I think it's mostly related to uh, the knowledge level. Because when I was a junior developer and when I knew only procedural PHP, I wasn't really good and uh, object-oriented programming, I couldn't understand mm -hmm. at that time was like Zen framework or cake PHP. I couldn't understand why should I use a PHP framework if WordPress, it's easier to use and I can code everything and that's it. Uh, mm -hmm. But when you start going into medium or senior level and start developing stuff and you start loving object-oriented programming, you want more control and use more modern technologies, definitely a framework gives you that type of flexibility. Um, and there's the, the argument also that Laravel is basically a copycat or Ruby on Rails. <laughs> <laughs> Especially at the beginning of Laravel, it was like a lot of criticism against Taylor Otwell, that is the creator of Laravel, that right. you're just still in the Ruby on Rails structure, architecture, and just uh, redoing exactly in PHP, which he admitted it, that he took a lot of liberties and a lot of inspiration for Ruby or, from Ruby on Rails. So what is Ruby on Rails, first of all? I went through like some tutorials several years ago. Um, Ruby on Rails is, uh, Ruby is a procedural language, I believe. Yeah. And Rails was kind of like the, the web framework for it. So I, I know it was, for a long time, it was very like loved in the open source community. Everybody mm -hmm. loved it because it was very easy to read and write. It was yes. just very clean code. Yeah, other than that, I haven't really had much experience with it. Mm -hmm. um, I know that uh, when I did talk to to Taylor Otwell last year, he did say that not only Ruby on Rails, but he also looks at a lot of other frameworks like .NET um, because he felt like PHP didn't really have a good framework at the time when he started this. True. Um, and you know, he saw all these great things going on in .NET and Ruby on Rails. And he's like, why not do this for PHP? So we took a lot of the same concepts mm -hmm. and built them into a PHP framework. 
yeah, that is definitely, definitely a good starting point to develop something new. Just like look at the competition, look what's missing, what they're doing good, what they're doing wrong, and try to build on top of that. The thing that I liked about Ruby on Rails the first time that I saw it is the really well-structured type of framework. Like when you access, when you install Ruby on Rails and you access the framework the first time, you have a structure that resembles a lot Laravel. So you have your source folder, you have your public folder, your assets folder, and yeah, you have your sort of like templates views, and then the controllers where you write your code in order to connect to the database and manage all the stuff. Before Laravel, a lot of other frameworks had that really strict MVC structure. Like you have just the model folder, the views folder, and the controllers folder, and that's it. And then you have everything there. And it's not in, it really is not intuitive because it's really, really strict. And, and that's it. it, doesn't give you much flexibility. Instead, like Taylor Otwell was able to integrate the good things about Ruby on Rails and uh, generate a more readable file structure for Laravel, which is kind of like the first issue with new developers someone like as soon as you open the Laravel file structure, you just get uh, overwhelmed <laughs> by the amount of folders and stuff. And we're going to try to touch upon that, but it just, it takes time to get used to it. It's a different structure. It's not that it's worse, it's better, or it's just, it's garbage. <laughs> a lot of people told me like, oh, the structure of Laravel is garbage. Is no one can understand it. Like, no, yes, it's hard at the beginning, but it takes time, but it's fine. <laughs> yes. And once you get an understanding of it, you can build stuff so fast. Oh my God, yes. It's amazing. Yeah, and I love the fact that I don't know if any other framework has that. A lot of JavaScript framework are emulating this. Comes with a common line tool that you can mm -hmm. uh, trigger specific options and generate files on the fly from the terminal without you manually writing that file, which is amazing. <laughs> I don't know, like yes, I, I never saw something like that before. I don't know if it was used. I don't know either because, yeah, I mean, Artisan's been around since I think the beginning of Laravel and it, I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's awesome. I mean, you don't have to remember, all right, what's my namespace and what, what are the default methods I need to put on this controller and everything. Yeah. Like it just, it does it all for you and then you can just actually focus on the, the actual logic of your app instead of spending half your time just building files. Oh yes, or like duplicate a, fly, a controller that you already have and then rename the controller and then rename all the yeah. functions inside that controller and rename the main space and then rename the use <laughs> and the, yeah, all the stuff instead like having the common line tool. I Yeah, I, I didn't know how helpful it was until I started using it. And now every time I have to build something or even a WordPress theme, and I want to generate a new file, I reach for the terminal and it's like, no, I cannot do that. <laughs> That's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So we touched upon what is Laravel in general. It's a PHP framework. It's based on the usual model view controllers type of architecture. It's completely different from WordPress, Drupal, other CMS. Uh, resembles a little bit of Ruby on Rails. It grabs from other competitors, .NET and all this kind of stuff. So it's a framework that helps you with pre-built code to quickly write really complex PHP application, but it doesn't tie you to a specific structure or architecture. You can literally like do whatever you want. It's really flexible. Who should start using Laravel? What is, and most like specifically, what is the required technical background that you should have before jumping on Laravel? Would you recommend Laravel to a junior developer, someone that just did front end his entire life? Um, I, I think, 
Yes, if you, if you're a front end developer, but you're familiar with object oriented programming, uh, which is becoming a lot more common now in the front end world, mm-hmm. um, you know, now that ES6 has classes and 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 all that stuff, um, you're seeing a lot more of the front end developers doing more object oriented programming there. So I think if you know you know the basics of object oriented programming, and you understand kind of like MVC how that works, I definitely say give it a try. I'd also like people that have never used it that are senior developers that work in .NET or something like that um, to give it a try because uh, it's, it's just an amazing framework. Yes. It really is. I, I came to Laravel from doing .NET for a number of years and it was just kind of like, like wow, this exists? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it was like fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. It's um, I started like I was trying to, I, I've been trying to use for many, many years Zen Framework and Kate cake php i was jumping between mm-hmm. the two and i like i just only built really small applications not even like with any sort of like backend or administration panels a really regular like streamlined model view controller and that's it and then every time i needed to do something more complex i was hitting roadblocks mm-hmm. and i couldn't find good documentations and stuff like that instead with laravel when it came out and it started getting momentum, I thought like, oh, another framework. I'm going to have the same exact problems that I had before. But instead, it was just a breeze. It was so easy to understand. And I think you you nailed it. Like you need to have at least a technical knowledge in terms of object-oriented programming. It doesn't matter your level of knowledge. It doesn't matter if you're front-end, back-end, DevOps, or you just did Node.js apps your entire life. If you mm-hmm. know object-oriented programming you can get comfortable with Laravel in no time. So how how difficult is it to like set up a new project? You're going to start a brand new Laravel project. How do you get it installed? Uh, how, how hard is it? Uh, it's not hard at all. And that's the, I think personally, I think is that the worst part. <laughs> because Whenever you need to install something, you need to check how is it, what it requires and all this kind of stuff. Instead mm-hmm. with Laravel, you literally just pull a composer package and it installs by itself. And that's it. It pulls all the dependencies, all the packages, and it comes with a common line tool integrated, which we're going to talk immediately after. But there's really no installation process required, which is kind of weird, no? It is weird, yeah. I mean, you can just... I mean, if you have Composer installed, which if you've been following Alex, I know he uses Composer on <laughs> WordPress now. Uh, so once you have that installed, I mean, you just you, you use Composer to install a Laravel installer, and then you just say, like, I want a new project, and it does it for you, yeah. and then you can go ahead and just start serving it up on, on a web page. It's, it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah, and the amazing thing is it comes with Artisan, and Artisan, it's something that I, I didn't consider like something useful for a pre- PHP framework or for a P- whatever PHP project, but now it's like, I cannot live without Artisan. So what is it, Artisan? Yeah. Artisan is the command line tool of Laravel and it does everything for you. Yes. Um, I mean, if you start a new project, you can tell it, hey, you know what? I, I want to have authentication. And it goes ahead and creates the routes and the controller and everything for a login page, a register page, the logout, and I mean, it does all that for you. It's amazing. Uh, you want a new controller? I just say, hey, create me a new controller. I want it called this. Um, you know, I want a new database migration. It, it just it scaffolds so much boilerplate code for you, mm-hmm. uh, just so easily. And 
it's self-documented. So if you're like, yeah. uh, I, I can't remember what the command is for this. You can you can type artisan and it'll just print out all the commands with a description of what each one is. Like, oh yeah, okay, I need to make a migration. Okay, well, it's make migration and then, oh, what are, what are the parameters for that? You just do a dash H and it gives you a whole help article on, all right, you're going to want this and this and this is these parameters that you can use. And uh, so it's like you don't even have to go and look up documentation to use it. It's mm -hmm. it's so self-contained and, and just amazing. Yeah, 100% amazing. What, what blew my mind about Artisan, I don't know when was introduced the first time, but can serve your website, your Laravel application on a local host with a specific port, I think it's port like 3030 or 44, I don't remember the port. Yeah. But if you don't have the technical knowledge to set up a local development environment or you're on a machine that doesn't have the ability to install NGINX or Apache, you just need Artisan and serves this fake local host where you can run PHP and Laravel and it works, <laughs> you can serve yeah. it without, <laughs> yeah, it's just like a zero configuration type of thing. and. It's yeah, it's it's mind blowing. Uh, you can manage database migration. You can do rollbacks. If you do a migration that is wrong on your database, you literally mm -hmm. type migrate column rollback, and reverse back. It remembers the last migration that you did, rolls back and uh, reset your database that it was before. And it's just it's close to magic, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really is. And. One thing that's really cool about it is is you can extend it and make your own commands within your project. Uh, so, like at work, we we oftentimes have to create a new kind of part of our app. Like we yeah. call them portals. So there's a portal for like the call center, a portal mm -hmm. for the guys out in the field. Um, so we create our own command that goes ahead, creates a new portal, creates some migration for it, um, adds a new link onto the homepage. It, I mean, does all that for you, yeah. and then you can just jump right in and actually build the business logic and it's it's super easy to do and you can make commands for whatever you could possibly want yeah uh, absolutely so it's yeah it's it's fantastic it's just and it's amazing uh, when i started using artisan that was my first experience in building common line tools in php i didn't know that php was able to build clear application yeah which is like <laughs> when that happened like what when was the moment that oh actually php can do that i i didn't know it. i thought it was just like writing bash commands all over and finger cross it was working it's that php can do that yeah, I think when you when you start out with PHP and you're doing these like inline echoes on a page and all that stuff, that you forget that PHP is a, a server language. Yeah. Um, so yeah, building command line tools with with PHP, it it does feel really weird if you've you know come from that world. Um, but it's becoming more common now. Yeah, exactly. So Laravel, it kind of like it's the first, if I'm not wrong, it's still the first starred and forked. Uh, framework on GitHub. So it's just at the top above everyone mm -hmm. else, above the competition. But there's still a lot of developers, especially in the enterprise level, they're still using Zen framework or a lot of independent developers. They are really in love with CodeIgniter or CakePHP. Mm -hmm. And there's the argument it's like, you should, should you switch to Laravel? Is better or worse? Personally, I think you should switch to Laravel. <laughs> That's my personal opinion for like two main reasons. First, it's availability of documentation and resources. Mm -hmm. Laravel in the past five years got a massive momentum that it doesn't seem to slow down. So the, the documentation is fantastic. The resources available in terms of tutorial, free templates, free 
applications built on Laravel that you can extend are is just fantastic. You, I never get stuck with an issue in Laravel that I cannot solve with a quick Google research. Instead, with my experience with Zen Framework and Cake PHP, I still stumble upon those, or I used mm -hmm. to. It's been a couple of years that I'm not. I didn't code with. I haven't used Zen Framework, but still the documentation of Zen Framework is really enterprise oriented. It's just so convoluted. The updates are slow and it's not, I, I've never felt comfortable with that uh, framework. And also mm -hmm. the fact that Laravel is fully open source has a way faster rolling release and way faster way of patching things. It's not proprietary. You don't have to wait for the corporation that developed that specific framework to acknowledge that you have an issue, but you're the only one with that issue and they don't care instead, because it's open source on GitHub. It's, it's just, you have an immediate response from the community, which is fantastic. Yeah, and Laravel does a great job at documenting upgrades for you going from you know a certain version to a new version. Yes. Um, so I think they've probably got a new version coming out after Laracon mm -hmm. next month. I'm sure they'll, they'll uh, expose a lot of the new features of the newest version. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, they, they release often. Um, if there is, I mean, there's been security vulnerabilities found in the past and they patch it very quickly. So yeah, it's a, it's a great community. There's a lot of help online. Laracast has a, I believe it's a free forum where you can post Laravel related yes. questions. And I've posted stuff there in the past and I've gotten a good response quickly yeah um it's not the typical like you know stack overflow and people are just <laughs> you know throwing random stuff out there or just telling you to google it so yeah exactly yeah lovely lovely people all on reddit <laughs> like the subreddit yes. of php that's that dumpster fire of of a, of a web page <laughs> but yeah absolutely it probably wasn't really considered at the beginning because it was fully open source and available to download the source code of github and all this kind of stuff but i think that's one of the many strengths of laravel being fully open source literally everyone with a different level of experience can jump on it and improve upon it and contribute and extend sections. That's why Laravel can do a lot because it has so many features that we're implementing. It's not just a PHP framework that does the usual MVC stuff. You can do a shit ton of things thanks to all the users saying, hey, you know what would be cool to add? This thing, here's the code to implement it. Okay, yes, it works. Mm -hmm. Let's push it in, the, in master. So uh, it's it's great. Composer uh, packages that you can add and-, and Yeah. It's, it's Fantastic it's uh, community. So good. Yeah, I know. We're so we're so in love with Laravel. Um, so the next topic or like the next point is basically just you because I have no idea what .NET is, <laughs> but how Laravel compares to a non-PHP framework. And your example is, of course, .NET because you have experience with <laughs> .NET. So tell us everything about it. Sure. So .NET is the, the I guess, the developer ecosystem of Windows or of, of Microsoft. Um, so more importantly, there's .NET, uh, WebMVC, and WebAPI. So WebMVC is going to be probably closer related to what Laravel is. Uh, WebAPI is just basically like a REST API. Mm. Um, so compared to that, I, I used to work in, in .NET, um, more WebAPI stuff. Um, and I did that for a long time, and then I switched to Laravel last year when I, I took a new job, and... Um, I was a little nervous, so like I'm leaving the .NET world uh -huh. with everything I know, you know. And Laravel is just so much easier to get into and, and get rolling on a new project. 
And just recently, um, I started working with a client and I'm building a .NET Core app alongside with some other things we're doing. Mm-hmm. And .NET Core is their open source version of .NET that can run on Linux. And the, the biggest example was, was like when I went from doing Laravel for the last year and then going back to that, um, I needed to build something that basically had a model and the model was just going to pull from the database you know, run a query basically and pass it up to to another part of the code. Mm-hmm. And to get that model wired up to the database was insane. I had forgotten how difficult it was in .NET. Oh, uh, wow. You had to, like you have the model class and then the class, you also have to have the, the context, which basically describes what's going to be in the database. So every column and then in, in .NET, usually your properties are, are um, or uppercase, or not not camel case, but uh, I forget what it is, Pascal case, right? Oh, Pascal case, yeah. Um, right, and so in Laravel, all your your columns and database are going to be lowercase, underscores. So for each one, I had to tell it, well, we're going to call it this here, but it's going to be found in the database called this, you know. Uh, so there was just so much work to build this mm-hmm. model that in Laravel, you don't have to tell it what columns are going to be in there. You just say the, the model name, and as long as the name of the model matches the database name, it just works right out the yes. box. And you can all of a sudden be like, okay, I want you to get me all these models where the date was this or the ID is this. And it just works. And in .NET, and unless I'm just doing it completely wrong, <laughs> it just seemed like I had to write so much code just to pull a record from the database. Yeah. So that that's uh, my example of comparing Laravel to .NET. Yeah, and I can... Even if it's a PHP framework, I can relate and something similar experience that I had with Cake PHP, which is a really simple PHP framework, but I had to just loop through some posts and to pass the posts model to the view and use the post loop of Cake PHP was a, a shit show. <laughs> it was like really, <laughs> really hard because I had a mismatch in naming. As you said, in the database, everything mm-hmm. was underscore and in the model, everything was camel case. And mm-hmm. it, it didn't match. It was like not, not working. So the solution was like turn everything in Cake PHP in the model and in the controller with underscores, which I don't like it. I was like, no, it doesn't respect the, the, the PSR2 yeah convention and so it's like what this is stupid uh instead like yeah it's amazing how laravel can recognize if the name of a model matches something in a database even if it's written in a completely different way if the word is that one mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how you write it you use underscore pascal case or camel case it gets recognized so it takes care of all those annoying connections that mm-hmm. don't really make you work on the things that you have to do that's just a waste of time because you're Wasting time on connecting things that should work automatically. You're not actually building the things that you should build. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get all that stuff out of the way and let me just build the app. Yeah, exactly. Which is fantastic. Like you feel really empowered. Like sometimes it's like it's magic. Like something happens under the hood and you don't really understand it. But the fact that you can remove for your brain that constant feeling of, oh, I have to wire these things and I have to connect this and I have to be sure that the controller uh, understands the ma- the model and the model is properly connected to the database is like just forget about it just build whatever you have to build which it's great mm-hmm. it's just like an amazing feeling um so you said you've been working with laravel for the past two years now almost uh one year one I started year. last uh last 
I think I started learning in April of last year and I started my job in, in May. Oh, look at that. You're fresh, fresh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, do would you say that you mastered Laravel? Now you feel like uh, you know it back and forth and you know everything and you just can build pretty much everything with Laravel. You don't have any anymore those moments of, oh, what, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> um, no, I, I would not say that. I, I mean, oh, I can... Come on. I can build, <laughs> I can build what I, what I want to build very easily. Mm -hmm. But... I mean, not a week goes by where I'm, I figure out something that's been in the framework that is just not well known. Yeah. Um, that it's like, well, man, I could have, I could have used that, you know, like, like, not like the notification events, like, oh, th this would have been easier than doing, you know, writing my own methods to do this and stuff. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I could definitely, you know, build any kind of application in it, no problem. But really knowing the framework inside and out, there's, there's so many little things that, I think some of it's not even documented where you can go into the source code and be like, oh, there's functions for this in here. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, you're not the only one. Also, Taylor Otwell, is like the creator of Laravel, has these moments mm -hmm. with his own <laughs> framework. <laughs> uh, he didn't know, and he tweeted this, he didn't know that in order to make an, uh, an authentication, like update or create when you create a user to check mm -hmm. if you're if the user already exists, you update it, or if the user doesn't exist, there's an actual like a built-in callback. He said, just notice the easiest way to write a custom authentication driver in Laravel is not documented. Uh, I didn't know like <laughs> it was that there was that feature that with a couple of lines, you can uh, just, you can make an authentication and without mm -hmm. using the actual documented authentication that it's more complex and it's longer so that happens also to the creator of laravel <laughs> which it's kind of like <laughs> i think it's normal because with such a massive framework you cannot know everything but mm -hmm. it's a uh, i feel like this type of question it's a common question from junior developers someone that starts uh, just started to code when can i master when will i be able to master these specific things and I personally think like you should remove from your brain the idea of mastering something. It will, it's impossible. Technologies yeah. evolve so fast. All these frameworks once every six months and there's a new version. You can use it. You can feel comfortable with it. You can uh, get acquainted. But even the creator of that framework didn't master it because still discover something new that he didn't <laughs> even know. So it doesn't really matter. I think feeling like if you work with it every day for a year, you can get really like almost like pro level, really comfortable and you can build everything, but you shouldn't mm -hmm. point in saying, okay, I'm going to master Laravel and then I'm going to apply for jobs. It's, I don't think it's it's a proper approach. No, definitely not. And I, I think it also depends on your skill level. Um, for me, when I started learning Laravel, you know, I've been working in web development for a long time mm -hmm. and just development in general in a long, for a long time. So I'm like, okay, I don't need to read up on what MVC is or, or all this stuff. So I could jump into, okay, how do I, I want to build a controller. How do I do that? Yeah. Um, you know, so if you're a, a new a beginner developer, it's going to take longer because you need to learn all the core concepts. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, exactly. Okay, so I think we can explain everything about how hard is Laravel, or what's the difference between other frameworks, how hard is to learn and all this kind of stuff, like what can you do, why Laravel is amazing thanks to Artisan, how you can create a new project. And stuff. It's like a good overview that most likely sometimes in documentation, it's kind of like 
not considered when a new developer jumps in into documentation most of the times we assume everyone assumes that that developer already knows php and if he wants to lose laravel it's because already knows what laravel is but it's always important to specify something and be clear so i hopefully these these episodes will be helpful for someone if you want to learn laravel for real and if you mm-hmm. want to start coding it and use it every day there are a lot of resources online and of course you can get overwhelmed youtube is full yeah. of these videos but there's a problem with youtube in terms of laravel that i noticed um because laravel has a really fast development update uh roadmap mm-hmm. i say like once a year there's a new ma- major version there's a new lts once every two years almost and once every six months, that a small, like uh, an intermediate release. Pretty much once every two, three months, there's a, I don't know, 5.6.2 gets released and then 5.6.3 gets released that introduce a bunch mm-hmm. of new things and stuff like that. So all these YouTube videos are mostly outdated and mostly uh, refer to Laravel 4, which was kind of like the version that gained the biggest momentum and made Laravel kind of like famous worldwide if we want to if we want to say that so <laughs> YouTube I don't consider it like the best uh, platform to learn Laravel there are a lot of outdated uh, outdated videos that are not good especially if you're starting you're gonna get really confused uh, the best yeah. one and you probably agree with that it's Laracasts right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So they, there are a lot of free videos that Jeffrey Waves created on Laracast. Um, I believe his his view series is completely free. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he has a lot of the Laravel ones free as well. But if you're serious about learning Laravel, it is totally worth every penny to buy Laracast. Yeah. Um, you can pay monthly. Uh, I think he recently increased the price. So it's $15 a month. Um, I think it used to be like 10 when I started. Yeah. Uh, but you can also pay uh, for a full year. And one thing that's really useful, especially if uh, you don't want to spend $15 a month, is Black Friday. Uh, that's in that's the day after Thanksgiving here in the US when mm-hmm. everybody does massive sales. Uh, Jeffrey Way usually does a discount on his yearly plan. So I think last year I bought the yearly plan for like $48. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think I'd already had some credit because I already paid for that month oh, like, just okay. a week before or something. But it's it's much cheaper. So, um, but I mean, if you're serious about learning Laravel, it's it's the best bang for your buck. I mean, yeah. he's got videos for everything. He's got there's a really great series where he builds a full like forum website and yeah. goes through the whole thing, test driven development style. Yeah, um, he's got really basic ones for learning. Even he's even got one series now. I haven't watched it, but it's teaching CSS to backend developers. Oh yeah, people that know nothing about CSS. Uh, so I mean, he's got a lot of great resources that aren't just about Laravel. That I just I highly recommend. He's he's a great teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I I learned a ton of Laravel from him very quickly before I started the job where I'm at right now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I jumped <laughs> on Laracast when yeah when Laravel five point something or four yeah four point before version five was released and. Uh, it's funny that it's not. It's, I, I mean, funny. Funny is not the right word. It's it's amazing that <laughs> he then releases the the old version of 
the, those introduction videos of Laravel related to the old version are, are completely for mm -hmm. free. Even if they were paid before, now they're archived and it's written in big letters. This is outdated, but you can watch it for mm -hmm. free. So if you don't have the ability to pay there, as you said, there are a lot of free videos, introductory video, and you can also watch come like slightly outdated things that are still relevant, at least to understand the structure of Laravel and how it works and the logic. And my next jump after that, immediately after Laracast, I'd say after three, four months of watching videos pretty much every day, it's, mm -hmm. it gets really easy to understand the official Laravel documentation, which personally I think is one of the best written documentation out there. It's like oh, it's great. complete, easy to navigate, easy to search, and has tons of examples and explain everything in details. I never, never happened to me, and this probably is the first time in my entire life that I access the documentation, I access a section, I read the section, and never happens that I don't understand what I'm reading. Every time yeah. I read, and oh, I know how it works. Oh, I know how to use it now, because it's so well written so well documented that it's it's just it's it's a real pleasure to <laughs> access the laravel documentation yeah i i use it all the time it's like you said very very well written mm -hmm. um i mean they, they even have a nice little shortcut you can hit the forward slash on your keyboard and it'll jump to the search bar for you so yeah, you don't exactly. even have to <laughs> scroll up or anything <laughs> yeah it's true it's really really handy I think that's it. There are other websites like Laravel.io, but I'm not sure if it's still maintained. There's a forum there. Sometimes I found some results in the forum. I don't know if it's a duplicate or something. Uh, there are other um, other developers that they contribute to Laravel, like Adam Watna, that he did the Tailwind CSS and has some... Uh, courses on YouTube or on his personal website. I don't know if he's selling something related to Laravel, but it's something more advanced. He, he tackles a specific like small sections about Laravel, which is really, really handy. Uh, but that's it. I think like Laracast, I, I, I wouldn't recommend anything else other than Laracast, which is pretty great. Yeah. And I mean, even the intro to Laravel, I think is probably great for beginner developers because mm -hmm. um, he, he digs into, you know, just what is a controller, like getting into the real basics of MVC and the framework. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I say that if you want to use Laravel, but you never coded in object-oriented programming, definitely don't try to download Laravel and try to learn it by yourself or read the documentation. Just go straight to Laracast and get the intro because it explains it's perfect. It doesn't matter your knowledge of PHP. It's perfect. It's going to give you like a full introduction and it's going to be really easy to follow. So yeah, definitely fully recommended. I think we are at the end of this, this episode. Uh, as I said at the beginning, this is a really juicy topic. So it's really big. Probably in the next one, we're going to start, we're going to keep talking about Laravel, but we're going to do a more in-depth exploration of the file structure. And we're going to try to explain why those folders are there and what you should write in those folders and why there's a mm -hmm. source folder and there's a public folder and why in the public folder there's just an index that it's empty and doesn't make sense. <laughs> why cannot I put my PHP code inside the index there? <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. So we're going to try to make a little bit of clarity of the file structure and the folder structure of Laravel. But other than that, I think we cover pretty much everything. Do you have something to add about this beautiful framework? <laughs> I don't think so. I think we uh, covered the 
introduction to it pretty well. Awesome, awesome. Oh, a little bit of an announcement. I don't know if we want to put it there. I can cut it out if I don't, whatever. Uh, we're going to try to <laughs> push these podcasts to be a really legit podcast. So we're going to try to make weekly episodes or bi-weekly at least to have a little bit of consistency and open a website dedicated to the podcast and sell ads on the podcast. So if you want to sponsor it, if you want to contribute or like uh, support the podcast, you will be able to do it on the website. And funny story that makes me re made me realize that I'm not a smart man. I created the <laughs> Twitter account of the Nerd Continuity and I set the birth date to this year. <laughs> to the first day that we recorded the video together and my account was immediately blocked by Twitter said hey you cannot use Twitter if you're less than 13 years old so I had to submit my document <laughs> to confirm <laughs> that I'm an adult and yes I'm 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 stupid <laughs> it was like the, <laughs> the dumbest thing I've ever done well, I think that's a you know a bad thing on Twitter for even allowing you to submit it yeah, even allowing him to set the birth date of 2018. I like mm -hmm. you, you. I don't know if our audience has to understand that we come from a time where you could sign up on a forum and set a birth date in like of today, and that was fine because it's just mm -hmm. a internet persona. It's not actually you. You don't have to be real in order to have an internet persona. Instead, right now all these social networks you have to be real you have to be a real person a specific uh, age otherwise you're not allowed to use it yeah when the birth of the internet it was like you know everybody came up with these aliases because you wanted to stay anonymous exactly. and you don't want anybody to know who you are and and now it's the complete opposite yeah. so <laughs> it's a so interesting shift yeah um i felt really really stupid and uh, now we have a twitter handle that is at nerd continuity but you cannot follow it yet hopefully when this podcast <laughs> is released you can follow it but it's blocked for now so just keep searching for it hopefully they're gonna unlock it uh just, i feel i feel terrible but whatever uh where people can find you chris <laughs> Yep, you can find me on YouTube and you can find me on Twitter at Chris J. Perko or you can follow my blog at chrisperko.net. Beautiful. And you can find me, of course, at, at Alicad on Twitter and everywhere else. Alicad is just the... the, the myself no one has these other stupid handle and of course <laughs> on youtube at alessandro castellani on my youtube channel and if you like this type of episode just let us know if you like that we tackle just one particular kind of like heavy interesting technical type of topic and we talk thoroughly about it or you're more interested in a more broad type of news updates of small topics all around the episode let us know in the comment below and until the next episode happy coding happy designing and be happy overall have a great one cheers <laughs>